episode of From Here It's Potable. Hunter and I look back at the Kansas game and try to uh, find some takeaways where we can with a game like that. And then we look forward to the Kansas State game, um, which we think will be different than usual. And then after that, we finish with some mailbag questions that we got from RedRaiderSports.com. So here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They're the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online and it's easy and and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at prmiraider at primeres.com through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. What's up, everybody? We said a couple of weeks ago it would be nice to do a couple of these after a win. and I mean, it was Kansas, but still preferable. And we got Hunter here. I guess I can introduce him. Yeah, Hunter Hunter's back to talk about a win. He's not boycotting this week. So how's it going? It's going good. How about you? Yeah, pretty good. I was uh, encouraged. Like, we talked last week about how like only bad things could happen on Saturday. And I, and I still agree with that, but I do think offensively, at least, like you did what we wanted to see. Like you went out there, you scored early, you scored often, and you never really seemed like it was that much of a, a struggle. No, definitely. Yeah, we just kind of took care of business. We're on the ball. The quarterback uh, shuffle is, is interesting, and yeah, I, I can't really remember ever seeing – anyone doing it the way we have um i'm sure there's some example but the, just the mid-series and just it kind of working without a hitch yeah and it's weird because it's not like when donovan smith comes in at first it was you know it looked like packaged plays like we're gonna run this zone read look and then there's probably some pass plays off of it but now, like against Kansas, he was coming in and like he almost had his own version of the offense. Like it wasn't just these packaged plays. It was, I mean, like he was barking at the offensive line. Like he was calling plays. He was putting pe- putting guys in motion. Like it was, it was almost like those two seemed to have. I, I'm sure they don't, but it looked like they had almost two separate playbooks. Yeah, and I'd be interested, you know. Um... I kind of wanted to do it, but just didn't have the time to go through and like every snap that he's been on the field to see like what how many yards we've gained. Like, was it a successful play? Because it yeah. seems like they've been pretty successful. Yeah. We're on first down, if, I guess he's mainly really in on kind of second and third and short type situations, but we seem to gain a lot of first downs when he's in when he's playing. 
Yeah, I mean, and I posted it on the board. He has the highest, you know, EPA of the three quarterbacks. You know, he's at a for the season, he's at a 0.786. Shuck was at a 0.545, and Columbia's at a 0.359. Yeah, that's because he's you know, when you gain first downs, that's will help your EPA. Yep. Yeah, that's not surprising. And I mean, it's like I said in that write-up, like it's worth pointing out he's not being, or as far as up until Kansas, he wasn't being asked. I mean, he was being asked to make like one read and one play. <laughs> it's a lot easier than, you know, preparing for an entire game as the starter. So, you know, but I do, I understand why the question is being asked, you know, like should the reins just be handed to him? Um, and I honestly don't know what I think. Like I, I I've mentioned this on the pregame show on Saturday. Columbia is, is a rare guy in college football. Like he's, he's an NFL backup quarterback. Like if he was the backup quarterback for the Cowboys, you know, a Columbia equivalent of the NFL, like he would feel great. You know, even if Dak's ankle or calf or whatever it is, isn't ready for after the bye week you're like, well, we've got this guy. It's like, Guys like Columbia now, they transfer and they go, they, they're not backups. They play at other programs, you know, or smaller or at a lower level. And so it's like an awesome luxury to have a guy like Columbia. But then you see like Smith just looks like a guy you want to see play. And so I get why the question is being asked and I don't really know the answer. You know, <laughs> should, should he, should he just be given the, the reins? And it's hard to really, because it's not like we haven't been productive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of it's with Shuck in and some of it's with, uh, you know, Donovan's contributing. But, I mean, and we haven't really played that tough of a schedule, but it's not nothing. Um, but, you know, we are, you know, the, the who's who of college football is is on the top of the points per drive list, and then Tech is right there. Yeah. Sandwiched in. I mean, it's literally like Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, OU, and like Michigan, and then there's Tech. Yeah. So we've been really productive, and then and some of this, it's hard to. I get. It doesn't seem like we have been. Just watch if you just watched them, but but it's a product of playing low possession games and being efficient, like against um, West Virginia, yeah, Kansas, obviously, and um, Florida International, and even U of H too. And then also when you get blown out. By Texas and TCU, it's not as difficult to put up 550 yards and score 30 points. Yeah, yeah, so we benefited from that. Too. Yeah, that, that's a good point. That's what. It, that's why it was kind of nice to see them to see the offense do what it did against Kansas, is because you couldn't really judge it against Texas or TCU, and so you wonder. And, and even the TCU game, you know. I don't think any the outcome wouldn't have changed because you couldn't stop the run. But like, what if Sir Roderick doesn't fall down on third down? You know, like, what if you score on that first drive? What if Miles Price catches the ball and doesn't tip it? You know, like I, you still lose, but that game looks a lot different to me. Um, and so it was just good to see the offense. You know, you expect them to go out and just put on a show, and that's exactly what they did. And you know, there was a lot of questioning of that Sunny Cumbie hire going in to this season. Uh, just because the TCU offense wasn't really something to brag about. Uh, but I think so far it's gone as well as anybody could have hoped. And like you said, before we started recording though, it's like, we're really going to find out now, like right now you would say 
pass, but we'll see in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and maybe not really even this weekend because I I think Kansas State is susceptible to be. Oh yeah, they've they're kind they're kind of banged up. They they had a guy that a defensive end that we couldn't block last year that's out for the year, and then their second pass rusher who's good might play, maybe not, but even if he is, he might not be <clears throat> full strength. But you know they've been good offenses in the in Oklahoma and Iowa State have. Been, kind of had their way with them. Yeah. So, yeah. And, is, and is it, Iowa State even a good offense? I, well, they are. I, I'm looking. They're kind of catching, turning the corner. And, and of course and they are. Surprised. Um, you know, they're seven and a half point favorites to, they're, yeah. at, they're at home, but seven yeah. and a half point favorites against an undefeated top 10 Oklahoma State team. I'm looking here. It's only, you know, three or four. Big 12 games have been played, I think, by them. But they're number one in points per drive, 3.85, which is much higher than OU, 3.53. They've scored touchdowns on the highest percentage of their possessions. They even scored a field goal on the highest percentage of their possessions. So 73% of their Big 12 possessions have been a touchdown or a field goal. Wow. And they're turning it over the least amount in those three games. So they've been good. Um, so typical Iowa State, they just started like dog doo-doo and it's getting yeah. to November and they're gonna be awesome. Like we all like we all think. I mean, you score 16 points against Northern Iowa, and yet you have the number one offense in the Big 12. Through three games. And and they've played, you know, at Baylor and uh, and uh, Kansas State, obviously. I can't remember who their other game was. Kansas. Kansas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they put they put 59 on Kansas. But I think, you know, they're going to – our offense, back to offense versus Kansas State's defense, they're going to have to really show up this weekend. Yeah. I think. Because people – we've talked – obviously our run defense in two games has been terrible. And then the other five games it's been as good as it's ever been. Yeah. In, in the last ten years. So it's just the weirdest thing ever. Uh, and I would probably – I don't even know if I would have – you know, Kansas State, I think they're probably the third best rushing team we face. But – I would think I would guess that there's actually quite a big drop off between TCU and them. So they're they're somewhere better than they're better than West Virginia and, and U of H, and yeah. they're not as good as TCU and Texas. But I think the gaps between the U of H and West Virginia they're they're considerably better than them, but not nearly as good as or as effective or high powered as West you know, TCU and Texas. Yeah. So it'll be a good barometer. But the problem they're throwing the ball well. And yeah, they're not, they're not just like your typical – like Skylar Thompson's banged up. Well, that's – yeah, that's why their rush defense – or their rush offense hasn't been as good, I would think. Yeah, they can't use him. He's – um yeah, the, in years past, they're like – they're averaging about 10 to 15 designed quarterback runs per game, and it's been like one or two with him post-injury. And so they're dropping they're, – they're not – you know, when, 10 years ago you watch them and they seem like they run like three plays. It's just like Colin yeah. Klein, belly flop, you know, dive, belly flop, call Hot pass. <laughs> and and not anymore. I mean, they are yeah. spreading you way out. They're they're putting um Deuce Vaughn in space a lot. Yeah, we saw they, that firsthand. They do a lot of stuff like kind of cumby style where they'll um get up to the line, they'll like do like a muddle huddle and they'll have a receiver and playing running back and they'll hand it to them and they've got two really good receivers and they're, you know, they're like Skylar Thompson is making throws downfield that are effective. And then he's also throwing it 
you know, one yard past the line of scrimmage to Vaughn and he's taking it for a touchdown. And so their passing game has been really effective, Uh, but I, so that that's, I think, yeah, our run defense worry that, that worries me, but I think they can score on us in other ways too. And even if we are able to stop them from running the ball, like they've been stopped this year from running the ball and still been effective. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, we, we kind of joke about, you know, always losing to this Kansas state team. Well, they'll, you know, they'll return a kick for a touchdown. They may get a pick six, you know, they they just, they have to win in, in weird ways and, and they still may win on, they probably will win on Saturday, but it's not going to be the way we think of it. You know, it's not going to be like last year where they kind of just like, you, you know, tech misses three field goals. We look up at the end of the game and it's like, how did we lose by 10? You know, or something like that. It was some, and I think I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it's going to be closer to like a 42 38 <laughs> shootout type win if the offense shows up. Yeah, we need we need to show up for sure. We need um, to have a legitimate plan for stopping them because it because when we've had one, I mean it's worked yeah when we haven't had one it's not only you know not work but they just gained all the yards but yeah everybody knows we don't have to (laughs) rehash well there is something i wanted to ask you is because like i just put up my defensive review of the kansas game and it and you would think basically when your first team defense pitches a shutout maybe this is me just being nitpicky but when your first team defense pitches a shutout like you would think that'd be a pretty good review but to me all I saw was were, were things that teams like Kansas State, Baylor, Oklahoma State were just going to exploit. And my theory is that Patterson, and he's almost said this, knows he doesn't have the defensive line to straight up win his matchup. And so he's basically trying to generate splash plays, like big plays, like we're going to send this stunt to the right. Hopefully they're going to the right type deal, you know, and if they're not, it's going to be bad, but maybe I hit on those 50% of the time and it evens out. Like that's, that's kind of my new theory because it doesn't make sense what we're doing defensively. And so I I just have to assume he's like pre proactively making up for plays. He knows that we don't have this people, the players to make. And I don't know, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me because I think that has been like his philosophy in the past, like yeah. taking, taking a lot of gambles to create negative plays. I think that was what he did at Arizona State. They were, for the most part, not that good, but they had one year where they were and, and were effective doing that. When And then like his first year at Tech, when we played well on defense, we were doing that. Yeah. But uh, I, but I don't, I don't know. Um, I think um, – Maybe this past week, we didn't have a whole lot of bodies, that, right? I mean, yeah, we two defensive tackles that weren't um, playing. Uh, but you know, I wonder. Um, you know, we had we wanted a Missouri defensive tackle, and I think we make, made a big push for him. That was a transfer, and he went to Southern Miss. And um, I think you see maybe why we were so intent on wanting to get that guy, and it being yeah. kind of a blow to not get him is um, kind of evidence of us not feeling like feeling that great about what we have. Right. Front, which, you know, I think by year three of, of the, of the same guys, it's like, that's, 
if it's if we don't have the bodies there, that's their fault, right? Right. They, yeah. Like, they've used the transfer portal as, as much and as well as anyone, it seems like, to shore up problems. So, they, yeah, it's not. They, and I guess that's kind of the issue is we've we've talked about it on this podcast where, you know, you've almost seen a change in defensive philosophy every year based on the personnel that you had. And the first two years, I totally get it. Do what you can with what you've got. I mean, you don't want to pull a Brett Bielema and just say, like, every guy we have on the offensive line can't play, so we're just doing what we can. You know, you don't, you don't want to say that. You just want to try to make it work with what you've got. But like you said, at, at this point, at year three, what you've got is, like, you're responsible for. And so it's – but it's like you said, it's also weird because the defense has played well. Yeah. And I even, and I even put a clip in my Kansas write-up where they they – I mean, they call this coach speak. They butt, they press, like the defensive line presses the offensive line off of them. They find the ball, they stay gap sound, and they make the play. And so then the next play when they they do like some kind of bizarre twist stunt where they all three run out of the play, it just makes you wonder why. <laughs> why, why? What's the need? Yeah, and just, you know, I think Tech and OU have played similar schedules, maybe even Tech – Played maybe even a tougher one from an offense face standpoint. I don't know, but they've allowed a touchdown on thirty percent of possessions. We've allowed a touchdown on thirty percent. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it's the Jekyll and Hyde nature of it is odd, and as frustrating as it might be, um, it might be a benefit if um, you know if you're going to allow a touchdown on thirty percent of your possessions. It's, that's not that good, number one. But it's it's going to be tough to win if you're if you're consistently bad. Yeah. It's, it's going to be kind of tough to win. But if you're terrible and then great, you might you got a good chance of going one and one there. And right, yeah. Uh, so I know that's that's odd to to say and it's frustrating. But like if we have two more complete no shows the rest of the year and have two where we are playing as good a defense as we have in the last ten years. Uh, that'll probably be a successful season. You're right. Yeah. That's probably seven win season or eight It'll, wins. But will it feel like four and two felt where it's just like the <laughs> some it might. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it probably I mean kind of like the four and two. It probably probably depends on where those two great games show up at and where the two yeah. terrible games think, show up at. And I think the frustration really is just because of the unexplainable nature of it. Yeah. I mean, on some level it's it makes sense that UT can be able to line up and just run it over us. Yeah. But not to the extent that they right. did. And then, yeah. then yeah. the TCU is, that is, you know, inexcusable and unexplainable. Yeah. Maybe we, and, and at least I'm glad to like be able to watch and see, okay, that's what we're trying to do. Like we, we are trying, we are, we are saying like, we'll risk a 15 yard gain. We're trying to get a four yard loss. Like, I get that because the way the defensive line is acting, I mean, they're basically just blitzing upfield, not worried about their gaps, like their opening gaps, just, I guess, just hoping <laughs> that they, that they guessed right. Uh, and it, and the, the frustrating part is it's leaving our linebackers who, in my opinion, are the strength of the defense. You know, part of the D line's job is to occupy the offensive linemen so the linebackers can play. Well, when you're, 
rushing yourself out of the play that frees up two or three linemen. They just at, at the very least get in those linebackers way. And that's my biggest issue is I just, the way we're playing is just, I, I think it's weird and I don't think it plays to our strengths, but I do see, I see the point and why they're doing it. Um, I don't know, but it doesn't make me, doesn't make me hopeful for this weekend to say the least. And it really doesn't make sense either to be just from a, if you're trying to, if you're trying to create a boom or bust aspect of your defense, you would you would think you'd be more aggressive, like with your secondary, yeah, and like blitzing. Like we're we're, you know, what you're describing is like we're being really conservative in terms of defending the pass, but not defending the run. You would, you know, why would you do conservative one way and yeah, aggressive the other? You would it would be all or nothing, right? right. I mean, you would be trying to sack the guy when they're throwing it or force an interception. And yeah. you're trying to blow up run plays. You wouldn't be just sitting back, keeping it in front on a pass play, but trying to, you know, allowing a 15 yard run. At, at this yeah. Season. Well, and that's what's so weird is, it, I mean, against Kansas, we could, I mean, you know, we're, we're sending our linemen like with their hair on fire on every snap. And yet when it is a pass, we weren't getting any pressure on Kansas quarterback. I mean, we weren't trying to, I don't think. I think you know, we were, I mean, there was we were trying to keep that. him in the pocket. We didn't yeah. want him to run and scramble. Yeah. yeah. Opinion, from from my rewatch. Like I think yeah, some of the, yeah. the, the stunt to me looks like a quarterback contained yeah. stunt. We're, we're getting Morgan Stern in the middle. Yeah. I guess hoping and have rewatched it. It doesn't look like he could make the play, but no. The hope would be if he were to go up the middle and scramble. To the, to the left or the right of the center that we would have somebody like Morgan Stern athletic enough to get in his way. Yeah. yeah. If you watch, he's kind of getting mauled by the Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, on the, the pass where Dadrian Taylor picks it off, we're lucky he threw it because he probably would have ran for the first down, <laughs> you know, like he yeah. kind of broke, he broke that contain, but yeah, I just, but the reason that's concerning and the reason I brought that up is you said before we hit record, Skylar Thompson not only is throwing the ball well, but when he is not pressured, he's he's definitely. playing unbelievable. Yeah, he's not missing. Basically, no, I mean, he's playing he's a, almost perfect. Yeah, he's a six-year guy. He's got some legit weapons around him, and they've been playing from behind. And so it's that same aspect of Tech versus TCU in Texas, where yeah. He's been put in situations where he's throwing it around, throwing it around with a lot of success. I mean, I I know it sounds crazy. Like, it really would not surprise me if we are playing, defending the run admirably, and Skylar Thompson's throwing the ball on us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and that's why this is the week of any week. I mean, we've, we've referenced this game a few times just – Texts between us. I think we've said it on the podcast, but if there was a week to kind of replicate the game plan that we saw against Oklahoma State in Lubbock two years ago, where you it looked, I mean, you were playing like cover zero, sending the house. I mean, like I'm wanting to create pressure on Skylar Thompson. Like I'm wanting to load the box where he's going to have to throw, and if he is going to throw, there's going to be somebody in his face. Um, whether we do that or not, I don't know, but that. This is the week that I I will I would be willing to die by that because I want to it's you know if we're gonna live or buy die by something I want it to be the blitz this week because if if you sit back and try to drop eight we're not gonna get any pressure Skyler Thompson's gonna pick you apart 
And I don't think we're very good at stopping the run doing that either. So you might as well load it up, take your chances. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm crazy, but that would, that would be my game plan. Yeah, and, and if you think you can score on them, that makes sense too, right? Yeah. You, yeah. You Try to create more, some turnovers and create more possessions. Yeah. You know? True. Yes. Yeah. Because I, we talked about it a little bit, but like Kansas state's offense is better than their defense. Like, Yes. And so what they tried to do against OU and they did it successfully, but their defense was so bad. It didn't, it didn't end up in a good result. I mean, OU only had like six possessions. I think they only had three in the first half and you know, that the goal, I mean, their offense was good enough to keep drives alive, take, take it down to the last couple seconds, keep OU's offense on the sideline. And they did it admirably, but OU scored every time they had the ball. <laughs> So I w- it wouldn't surprise me to, to unless they're they're just dominating our defense. Think, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me to see a similar type plan. Yeah, I think the last two weeks they're uh, switching gears, I guess, to the, to their defense. They've had like sixty dropbacks against them, yeah, and six incompletions, and then and a lot of guys scrambling for yards. So yeah, fifty four of them were positive for the offense and not good for Kansas State's defense. I mean, they're just really struggling. And, and they, I listened to their coach, climbing. he said this is the first RPO team they're facing this year. He was real, like, kind of dialed into our RPOs. And, Interesting. Which I guess, you know, you would think Iowa State and OU and Oklahoma State would have showed them some of that. But not. Oklahoma State is not trusting Spencer Sanders to make any decisions, <laughs> but but no, you're right. I mean, I, that is weird because I know Oklahoma State runs them. I know Iowa State runs them. So maybe he's meaning something a little different. I'm not sure, but um, I don't have a great feeling about this weekend, but I do have a better feeling than I did against TCU just because like we've, like we've mentioned, like I think Tech, is, Tech should be able to score on them. And then if you can score – you know, like we saw for years, you never really know. Yeah. No, I'd have a much better feeling. I know the line is, I guess, the same or, or a little bit better for us, but I thought TCU at almost every position group, coach, just across the board had an advantage over us. Yeah. They had a better quarterback. They had a better offensive line. They had a better secondary. They had a better defensive line, pass rushers, running backs. It's like every, The only thing that was maybe – Receivers. Receivers. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but even then, they, they have a couple guys. They just didn't even need – it was a wash. It was yeah, irrelevant because yeah. they didn't even use them. But, yeah. But I don't I don't think that's the case at all against Kansas State. No. Yeah, you, you definitely match up well talent-wise. And we've said that – or I've said that for years, and yet it, it hadn't really mattered. But I do think them not being as defensive sound as they have been in the past will, will make this game a little bit more of a toss-up as long as you – which is good for us – as long as you don't allow some stupid, I would almost just kick it out of bounds. Like I just, I don't want them getting any special teams touchdown, any pick six, fumble recovery. Like that's, I don't want. If you can keep yourself clean, I like our chances. For sure, but yeah, no, it's exciting. Just, be, but um, like for as exciting it is, it's, it's not nerve wracking. But there's some ang- anxiousness about it too because. We you, you posted about this it. This game we makes or break your season. This it does. I think in a lot of ways it does, and it goes 
two road there are like two roads from here there's desperately clinging and hoping for a six and six finish or you win and you're saying like okay i mean there's a lot of (laughs) options out there yeah for a, a good season yes absolutely like you can play a little freer you can coach a little freer if, if you know if you're wells it'll be very it'd be a good thing no matter what how you feel about the direction of the program it would be very good for a win on saturday for a lot of different reasons um because i think there's only one conclusion if you lose um i don't really have any much more we did at we do have a few questions from red raider sports if you want to get to those unless you got something else oh, that's it so the first question is uh from Coop Dita, uh, can either of you fix the run defense? And neither one of us are a twitchy 300-pound lineman, so I would say no, but yeah, – I know. I know <laughs> I, I, I don't know how, but I, I've seen it. I've, I've, <laughs> I've seen us play West Virginia, and I was at the U of H game. Yeah. And I've seen us defend handoffs to running backs very, very well. Again, all five of our games – that we want yes yeah i would yeah i would i would definitely try to play a little more sound but gap sound have numbers in the box and stop with the i I, I don't know just stop with the weird schemes the weird blitzes to create splash plays because it's not working and what going back to kind of what we were talking about but what does concern me a little bit is with kansas state and it goes to them not being as typical Kansas State as you would expect. But when we have struggled, or I'm sorry, when we've done well against the run, it's when there are multiple tight ends. Yeah, that, yes. Heavy formations. Yeah. Because then we put a bunch of numbers in the box and it works out. Yep. When we, when we have not fared well, it's when teams are spreading us out. Yep. And Kansas State will spread you out. Now, they, they will get under center and do some of those things. Um when I've seen them under center, they're play action throwing it deep, which is yeah. kind of odd. But they will, um, they will be in some very, very, you know, four wide, eleven personnel a lot, and that, yep. you know, that is a little concerning. Yeah, it is very weird. It's like TCU just lined up basic, like 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 we talked about after the game, 2012, like formations, spread formations, and just ran it at you. And we did not have the numbers, but when, when they would bring a tight end in, all of a sudden we did. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Sue, Sue's stalls says stalls asks, uh, can Texas tech football rebuild any way under its current recruiting methods? Um, I do not see how for, it seems under, current strategy there are they are way behind in getting the minimum number of high school players they need understand the portal has to be part of the system but it does not look like we have a sustainable strategy and balance between transfers and high school recruits and i know you are totally okay with the method am i am i misjudging you there i agree yes i'm 100 percent on board with not taking high school guys yeah. that we don't think can play Right now, I to me, there's there's two different ways to criticize this. There's like the strategy itself, which is what we're doing, you know, what what we're doing, I guess, which is taking a lot of transfers or you can criticize their inability to find and land guys. And, And to me, that part is fair and totally worth like looking at because and and. 
you know, if you, because if you can't find and land guys that you think can play, do not take high school guys, right? right? Like yeah. take all transfers. Now it still might be the problem isn't like, well, we're just only going after transfers or this, the, the, you know, the, the, the whole, the strategy itself is flawed just by it's like standing alone. Cause we're only taking transfers. No, because the, the, an even worse flawed strategy would be taking high school guys that we don't think can play, which we've done a lot in the last 10 years. Yes. A our lot of high school guys that never did anything for us. Yeah, our roster is full of them. So that's so like on the one hand, if you don't, if you can't get them and you, you can't find them or you can't land them, I'm 100% on board with what we're doing. Yeah. No. And I, for the most part, agree with you. My, my one problem is on the offensive and defensive lines there. I would try to find some guys early, which that is the biggest issue. They do not offer early. I would try to find some big guys. They like early and get them in, even if they don't think they can play right away, because those are the positions that require development anyway. So if you're going to play this transfer high school game, if I'm taking a high school guy, it's a big body. And that way I have the time to develop them and I'll supplement that with transfers. That's my one problem is I want high school linemen, but again, those are, those are the ones that wash out most often. So it's for us, right? You're right. I I think it's tricky. If you looked at tech's program as a whole for the last 50 years, we've had problems getting high offensive and defensive linemen. Now I would say defensive more than, I mean, like under cliff, 100% 100% we had good lines under Cliff. Like we had a run, you know, Travis Bruffy, Laraven Clark, Terrence Steele. Like we could get high school guys, develop them that can play. I mean, Dawson Deaton, Jack Anderson, like these are good, good players. Um, so it's, I know it's not impossible. Like we've done it. So I, I right. just would like to see more of that. Yeah. And it, it's also not a crazy thought, you know, TCU's recruited way better than us for the last 10 years. And the last two years they've had a transfer at left tackle. Yes. Yeah. One and done transfer. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're, we're the only one, you know, afflicted by this, but at the same time, like, yeah, just to the, the greater issue is doesn't matter. It seems it doesn't matter what we're doing. We're having trouble getting defensive linemen. Yep. And that kind of leads to the next question that Whitlock safety asks. Um, now that the season is half over, what would be your top three priorities in the transfer market? And do you see youth on the roster to offset the needs? And to me, I mean, priority one, two, and three are defensive linemen. You know, that's for sure. I mean, we, we need it. Yeah. We do not. We don't have one. Yeah, like it just doesn't exist on our roster. Yeah, I mean, Tyree Wilson was that guy, and he just but, can't. But, but we've. I mean, I think Tyree Wilson is actually pretty good for what we ask of him. Yeah, I mean, that's he, true. We need a, more than one. <laughs> two hundred and seventy pound. I mean, if he was an elite pass rusher, he's a top five pick right, yeah. at his size. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about a like Key, Key Dawson, Adele Duckett type, a legitimate defensive end pass. Like you know, Kansas Robertson State, even Kansas State plays the same defense as us for the yeah. most part, but they have the guy he's hurt now, but his name is Khalid Duke. I mean, that guy is a legitimate pass rusher. Yeah, you know, it's not like one can exist in the system that we have. We just yeah. don't have one. It's not. But that to me is priority number one, but it doesn't seem like there really are those in the portal because like when they're good, they don't leave. They, yeah. 
or they're already at some program that. I yeah. And I guess that those are the type of guys that I would want to develop. Like those are the type of guys that like TCU will take like a, a strong safety from, from high school and put weight on him and turn him into a defensive end, you know, like those type of guys. Um, but typically those are, I mean, the reason those guys are so valuable is because they don't exist. And the ones that do exist, they don't go to Texas tech, you know, the guys that can rush the passer. It's, it's as simple as that, but yeah. I do think you're going to solve that. Yeah. I mean, we have to solve that. Yeah. Because this team talent wise, I don't, I think it is towards the top end of, and it, maybe people don't want to hear this, or maybe this is a pessimistic outlook, but I think it's towards the top end of our range in terms of like accumulating talent. Yeah. I mean, I think we've, we could be better obviously, but this isn't, this is pretty good. And, yeah. um, but we, without a pass rusher, it's, it just limits. There's a ceiling, everything. a hard ceiling. Yeah. And then, but uh, to the other question, I would, top three priorities. So number one, defensive end, number two might even be defensive end, but I would have a receiver in there too. Well, I was um, about to say that the, the SFA, the, that SFA slot receiver can play for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, what that torch does. <laughs> and really just because they're, they have such a high hit rate. Yeah. You know, like Kalen Geiger is good. Yes. And that guy's, he's good. And yeah. Yeah. And he he's, was a Juco guy that played at Troy. Yeah, that's a guy that can help us, and we yeah. would probably want to get another another one of those to replace him. Yep. Uh, and then we're going to lose a lot of cover guys, I would think. Fields, yeah. for sure. Um, It'd be interesting to see what a guy like Marquise Waters does. I'm very yeah. interested in that. But, yeah, we are losing because we brought, we brought a lot of those back as super senior type guys. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking defensive line – secondary i mean i'm looking on the defense for all that stuff because you're losing linebackers you're losing cover guys uh um, and as far as the youth goes i think you do have youth at receiver that could help um defensive line i mean i'm a fan of bleedy he's young but he's put on some good weight he looks pretty good at times looks not so i mean that's just a, a young player um outside of that There'll be more. There's a couple guys redshirting, right? Charles Esther. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. Other, uh, due to due to banks. Due to banks. Yeah. yeah. So, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, those guys were looked good in high school, so we'll see. Yeah. No, the, the benefit. So this is where our strategy of taking guys that we are being very selective. I think you don't really. The expectation should be that those guys will will be good and play and be not disintegrate in two years like half of our high school signees over the last 10 years <laughs> yeah and so um you know they need to if you're only going to take 10 high school guys they need you need to be hitting on them not yeah. you must be hitting on them yeah yeah so yeah. i just for that reason if you're only taking 10 we we surely like them uh, so i am i think there should be some like optimism about those guys we were talking about the red shirts and yeah that's and lb moore and even those young DBs, I think, like them being able to sit and watch is probably a good thing. Um, do you think that Shuck returns? I assume he means next. I don't know if he means this season or next. Yeah, so Chris Level said on the radio, someone pressed him for an answer, and he said – and he wasn't like no promises. I mean, like he was having to give an answer. Yeah. He said, I would think he could be back within one to three weeks, which yeah. might make – if you – did the the long end of that would be 
after our bye week, he, yeah. he could be back. Now, surely he's not going to be as effective, right? Uh, it goes yeah. without saying, as if he would, as if he'd been playing the whole time. I think he's still probably better than Columbia. Yes. Um, but like you were saying earlier, you know, Columbia's pretty consistent. And yeah. Chuck and may not may not be you know as consistent, but he's you know got a higher ceiling is much yeah. higher. Yeah, lower floor, higher ceiling. It is weird. I mean, you never got to see Columbia or um, Shuck. I mean, all the games he played in were just weird. Um, I don't know. I, I do want Shuck to come. I mean, it can't hurt. Like, I do think Shuck comes back. I mean, his whole injury situation was weird. Like, I mean, I've broken my collarbone before. When you know, like, you can't go back into the to a game and throw a pass. Like, it was – so it must not have been as bad of a break I don't know. That was a weird situation. So it wouldn't shock me if he's back because maybe it wasn't as, as bad as a break as, as maybe a, a normal collarbone type deal is, but um, it would be interesting to see what happens because I don't think at this point, I mean, as well as Donovan Smith is playing, I don't think you get that. I don't think you get rid of that package of bringing him in No. And so, yeah, it, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see how they handle it because it will have, ripple effects into the future for sure um but i want him to because it, it can't hurt to, in my opinion definitely not um and then go to barbecue joint well it definitely depends on where i'm at my favorite is truth which brenham and now in houston um here in lubbock my go-to is tom and bingo's absolutely yeah it may not be the i mean i think it's up there with any of them but there's you don't have to deal with always like the, the line is never like what you deal with at heavy maze or whatever um tom and bingo's is the place I'm a for me. huge tom and bingo's. i need to try the heavy maze it's good it. it's great but i mean it's like one of the i mean it's top 10 on you know the yeah. the, the magazine i'm, I'm so, not i wouldn't call myself like a barbecue snob and so i wouldn't have like you know my opinion i wouldn't value it but yeah tom and bingo's that's my go-to spot i don't, it, there's some like nostalgia there just from when I went to tech would eat yeah. there all the time. I try to eat there every game day. Yeah. You know? it uh, Tom, is. That sandwich is amazing. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with Tom. Every maze is great, but there's nothing wrong with Tom and Bingo's for sure. Um, let's see. Brandon Bohannon asked us a few questions. I know you're working on one and I answered his. Other yeah, I might, I might give him a written response yeah. on, on uh, he, he asked, how has Cumbie's offense performed on third and fourth compared to the average TCU team? So yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'll do some homework on that one. Yeah. He asked favorite condiment, least favorite condiment. I mean, I'm a big mustard guy. And then <laughs> my least favorite condiment, uh, I don't know, something gross like uh Worcestershire sauce. Oh, that's <laughs> great, man. <laughs> I know I put it. Worcestershire, that's what it. Oh yeah, I guess that's not that. What's the what? What's like the white sauce that Arby's has? You know what I'm talking about? No, I'm not a big uh, Arby's guy. Horsey sauce or something? I don't know. Horse, Horse, maybe that's what it is. That's gross. I don't like tartar sauce. Anyway, whatever. You got an answer for that one? I mean, I like uh, Whataburger spicy ketchup. Yeah, that's a good one. Like that's that. true. That's that's true. Um, somebody asked about doing an in-depth preview of the basketball team. I'm sure we'll do that. Yeah, no, it's um, Bryson Williams might be pretty good. Yeah, and so Kevin O'Banner too. Yeah, you know, was kind of in the last week, I guess, watching them in close 
closer detail. They're they're almost like the opposite player. Uh, yeah, it's like O'Banner. Uh, O'Banner doesn't have a great. He's he's adequate, but he's big. But he doesn't have a great like back to the basket game, and he's not like creating off the dribble a, a lot. I mean, his game is his three. He's point spot shot. shooter, and yeah. he's kind of a he can crash the boards. Um, but Williams is um, back to the basket. It's just incredible, and he can he can cur- take it to the rim from the three point line off the dribble. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's just like a he's all flailing arms and <laughs> elbows, and he has a bunch of. Um, he can just score, you know, you can be guys are guarding him and he's just scoring over them. He almost, he almost reminds me of like, if, if Draymond green had an offensive game, like just like how he play, like just the, the way he uses his body reminds me of, of like, it's just like with reckless abandon almost like it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter how it happens, but the ball's going in, <laughs> you know, Draymond can't do that, but it's just something about that kind of reminds me. I would and just like our team is just is, is interesting. I think it's a I think we'll see it more in the future where you're putting a team together in really quick order and you're not, you know, you have all these irons in the fire and you have to pull the trigger at different times on transfers and um where we're really just it seems like we just took the best guys we could find. Yeah. And and it creates a situation where you have you don't have you're not married to just these the rigid like concepts of a point guard and a shooting guard and a, um, forwards and centers, you know, cause we just have 10 good players and like, we have a lot of bigs that, that should be playing and will seemingly need to play. We don't have really a, many guards. We've got a lot yeah. of forwards and it's like, you know, it's a, when you're positionless, it's con- still kind of like positionless can work. Or you know, simple thing of positionless. It's like okay, five guards on the floor, but it could also be what we're what we were we're going to have this year, where it's like three <laughs> forwards and two wings. You know, it's not it's <laughs> yeah. not positionless doesn't mean all guards. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to see like a different version of that. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm a big fan of just taking the best players, like whether we're talking draft, recruiting. Like I I was a fan of what Mark Adams did. Um, and then another shut question, just to wrap us up, how, uh, Cole Allen asked how much would getting shuck back add to what we can do on offense? And I don't know if it, I think it adds a shuck's arm is just different. I mean, it just adds a, a ceiling to the passing game that Columbia doesn't necessarily have. Now he wasn't really showing it before. I mean, Columbia has been more effective, but I mean, if we're just going off sheer talent, shuck's arm is ridiculous. So. That would be my answer to that. I, th- I think you're, that's what I would say too, just like yeah. the deep ball. But then, like you said, you know, we've seen it more with uh, Columbia. But I think we've maybe – we know a lot more – you know, Columbia probably knows a lot more about our our offense and, and is doing things – you know, the things we do well, we're doing them more now than we were against U of H. And, uh, yep. So the, yeah, he's settled in for sure. Yeah. I've been impressed. I really have. I, I would have – I was totally wrong on – the offense, I was kind of like pessimistic about it going into the year, and I don't care who we played, you know. Like, yeah. Uh, even if you want to like pick nitpick of our schedule, or even nitpick like we do about the game states of TCU and Texas, where it was yeah. easy to kind of throw score a bunch of points and yards. It, you know, we've had offenses that wouldn't have done it. Yeah. <laughs> in oh, situations. Yeah. yeah. We've had yeah. offenses that definitely would not be 
sixth in the country in points per drive. We're like fifth in, you know, available yards gained in big 12 games, I think, or even not even big 12 games. We're we're averaging like 40 something yards per drive. I mean, it's number one leads the conference close to leading the country. I mean, it's just been really effective offense. And it's looked, it's looked good. Like you've seen the motion, you've seen the creativity. Like it's not just, I don't know. It's, it's not just a, a, I mean, it's like when Wells or sorry, when Yost's offense was working, it was, you knew what was coming. It was just being run well. And I like what I like about Cummy's offense is like, you're seeing new things every week. You're seeing wrinkles on stuff you saw the week before. Like, it's just, I just really like the way it looks and the way that it should continue to evolve. Yeah, my, my only criticism was has almost gone away was we weren't like Miles Price wasn't getting touches and now yeah. he is. Yeah. And I mean, we need to get him manufacture ways to get him the ball. Yeah. And was, yeah, you could definitely saw Cumbie make an effort to do that with him and Izukama against Kansas. I mean, to the point where it's like, I'm not even going to worry about throwing you the ball. Just take it. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll give it to you on the snap basically. Yeah, yep. absolutely. All right. Well, I guess we will, uh, maybe we can put two of these, two of these fun podcasts in a row. We, we, we will definitely see. You got anything else before we get out of here? Nope. That's it. All right. Well, we will talk to y'all next week. Hope, hopefully after a, uh, becoming bowl eligible. Six and two would be nice. That would be something we have not seen around here and seems like a long time. So <laughs> let's hope for that. All right. See y'all next week.